0: Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode. I am here with Dr. Liz Dobbins. Dr. Liz Dobbins is a coach, a ceremonialist, and a champion for the sacred feminine. I'm so excited for this conversation. Thank you for being here with us today. Thank you, Sarah, for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So let's just dive in and I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about your background and kind of how you got into the work that you do today.
1: Well, um, I started helping women heal in my 20s. I began as a yoga instructor, as a massage therapist, and then um, life granted me this incredible experience of having an accident that then inspired me to become a chiropractor. And when I became a chiropractor, I got inspired to become a specialist in the area of quantum healing. So I never did any traditional chiropractic. I always did work that was aligned with aligning Um, a person's what I would call their energetic signature to their, their soul field. And when people are connected to themselves in that spiritual way, they're able to become their life becomes richer in the way that they're guided towards living a really spiritually enriched, authentic, true life. And so that's what I did for many, many years. I had a wellness center and saw thousands and thousands of people during that part of my career path.
0: So Um that is so cool what for people who don't know what is quantum healing
1: um quantum healing um, for lack of a better way to describe it is where you're working with the what i was doing was i was working with the energetic field the quantum field or the invisible um it's the invisible field around your body that then organizes your body as a matrix of cellular as a cellular matrix So for example, you have um, a biological field, just like the field that controls your cellular makeup, your body, like your heartbeat, your blood pumping, your muscles, that sort of thing. Then you have an emotional field that is um, working with the field of emotions that influences that field. Then you have a field that is influencing your thoughts and your, um, sorry, I have a little kitten that just jumped up here. Oh my. (laughs) I <laughs> just got two kittens, so she just decided to come and visit. I'm like, whoops. Um, she could be here. <laughs> totally. Um, and then you also have another field where, you know, this is determining like your your vision in life and, you know, what's possible for you. And then beyond that is your soul field. And then beyond that is what we would call the universal all, which is kind of like the fabric of creation. So, that was my area of expertise of um, working with people's physical bodies, their ailments, their disease patterns, their stress patterns, in order to help them release those patterns, because everything is just a pattern that we're made up of. Yeah. And help them release the patterns that don't serve them to align them more with what their true authentic signature was and is.
0: That's so cool. And so, would you work like, would you do traditional chiropractic adjustments in no. addition? No. No. Wow. Wow. All energy based. Whoa. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, it was really, it was an amazing career. Do you still do, can you still do that with people in your like coaching containers and stuff? Or was that something where it was like just specific to that in-person work? So, you know, that, that, well, there was two
1: big parts of the work and that part was all done, like in an office setting in a group setting. I always worked in groups. I would work on like anywhere between four and six people at a time. So there's like this group consciousness of group healing. We're all healing and rising together. It was really potent. And then there was the other half of the body of work that was all somatic based So it was working with psychosomatic healing. And so that piece, I can, I often, I always pull into my coaching containers and when I'm coaching people, um, the other work is usually saved for the retreats and doing like VIP type of work and that sort of thing. And that's when I use those skills, but I can't deliver it over, you know, a call, but I can coach people through the somatic work. Definitely.
0: Amazing. And then how did you transition from doing that work, like in an office setting into what you do now? That's a great question.
1: So I taught my entire career was around teaching about alignment and um, soulful alignment. And, you know, the, like, if you've attracted a disease state or an accident, or we were just attracting in the vibration at which what we need to experience, right? You know, that was that thought, that mindset. And I attracted a very freak accident into my life. And I was going one mile per hour on my bicycle. And it, I wiped out, I flipped it, wiped out, broke my elbow. So I literally rode my bike home with like this ridiculously broken, horribly <laughs> broken elbow and um, had the surgery. And so the surgery was supposed to be that type of break. I needed to get a five inch pin in my arm and the surgery was, um, said that, you know, like, you'll heal up in four or six weeks, you'll be back to work. And that's not what happened. Mm -hmm. I had a very, very rare condition develop um, after the surgery where my body pretty much rejected the surgery and caused a lot of neurological confusion in my body. So I lost like the function of my hand, like my hand doubled in its size. And, you know, I always use my hands. I was a healer, I was a healer, you know. So I had like this baseball mitt for a hand and my, I lost like my arm. I couldn't lift my arm for months. and It just was really crazy. So what happened, you know, as divine timing happens, I had been planning on moving out of that type of work, but the universe and spirit just sped it up for me and was like, guess what? You're done right now. (laughs) So I closed and sold my practice. I had these, perfectly aligned practitioners that were specialized in my work which is so rare they were like we we love your clientele we want to take over and I was like boom just like within like once I realized how severe the neurological damage was and what I was up against um, I knew I was going to have to do a very deep dive on myself so everything stopped for a year I went into the underworld and completely changed my life down to the core yeah. Down to the board. I've sold my house. Of we lived in the Bay Area for 30 years. We sold our house. We moved to a new state. We live like on like, you know, like out in like on the land versus in a city. I mean, all this stuff that yeah. spirit was just like all of my life was no longer aligned with who I was and who I was becoming. Um, yeah. all of the work I've done with the sacred feminine, of course, also lit me up. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and so it was a real compromise for me to be. I kept stretching the limits and the boundaries of what I could do inside of that office space. And yeah. it still wasn't enough. Yeah. Cause I knew that the, the key point of, of women healing actually was to reclaim their holy wild.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. I love how you talk about the archetype of the holy wild. Could you tell us kind of how that came about and what that means to you?
1: For sure. Um, the holy wild, now what I saw, I worked with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of women over my career what i saw again and again was women were not free yeah they were not free like we weren't free because we've all been so conditioned right we've been conditioned oh my god in every single way like what we're supposed to wear what we're supposed to look like who we're supposed to date who we're supposed to be in relationships with we're supposed to be married you know we're supposed to do all this stuff all this conditioning you're supposed to go to school and get an education and do all this stuff you're supposed to make your life look a certain way And, you know, the big thing is, is that you don't ask the question, you don't ask the questions of like, is this true for me? Yeah. Right. Yep. And so what I found again and again was women were so boxed in from their, the way that they were thinking, their emotions being bound, their sexuality being bound, the big vision for their life that what really turned them on was bound. I mean, it was just like, you know, so The reclamation of the holy wild is it's a paradigm that goes like this. And for me, what it is, is like the best way to describe it is full bodied emotionality, which was a huge part of my work. That was, I was, I'm, that's a specialty of mine. That was a huge part of my work in the office that I did for so many years. So embodied emotionality, the relationship with sensuality and sexuality so where yeah. that is for, for, for a woman, um, her relationship with na- nature and mystery,
0: mm-hmm.
1: mystery being the quantum field or mystery being the invisibles, mystery being however you look at mystery. Yeah. And
0: um, her creativity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's amazing. That's huge. Mm-hmm. I I love that. And you were talking in one of your posts about how you feel like a lot of women have outgrown their lives and then they have like all these symptoms that come from that. How do you help people who, how do you help someone to maybe even recognize that they have outgrown their life? Because it hurts. Yeah. It doesn't feel good anymore. It doesn't feel good
1: anymore. And that's the thing is that we talked about that conditioning piece, right? Yep. We get so conditioned that, like, oh my god, like you went to school for all these years to learn this thing. Like you're, you're, condi- like, get conditioned that you're supposed to stay there, even though you might freaking hate it. You know, like, oh my god, like I hate doing this work. I don't want to be behind a desk. I don't want to be locked inside. You know, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, it, yeah, it just really goes back to the conditioning. You know, but like women will outgrow, like, you know, once, you know, like even like learning, like, Oh my God, I realized that my dreams for myself are so much bigger than what I, what I'm living. Like, I'm not even yeah. asking for it because I didn't know I could ask or, yeah. or right. <laughs> or I have neutralized myself
0: mm-hmm. like,
1: Oh, in my thirties, I wanted all this stuff. And then by the time a woman hits her fifties, she's going like, yeah, and none of that matters anymore. Yeah. Sometimes it does matter. Sometimes you do change and you have a different frequency that's attracting different things that you want. But from what I've seen with women, like, you know, like, it's like almost like that fifties and on like the light. I see so many
0: lights turned off. Do you think that part of that might be hormonal or do you think that it's more of like a spiritual symptom? I
1: think it's both. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's both. This is what I can share about that. I just wrote a post last week about when <laughs> get your hormones checked, you know, like get your hormones checked. Get your hormones checked. Public <laughs> um, service announcement. <laughs> What'd you say? Public like service announcement. Get your hormones. It was. Checked. Yeah. It was my PC. I said, so I said, every once in a while I put my doctor hat back on and today's that day. <laughs> and so it was exactly that because um you know, I've had my own, like, you know, my own experience with hormones going like crazy and what that looked like in my life. Yeah. And I don't want any other woman to go through that. Yeah. And I mean, the symptoms that I got on the side of that were like, they were unbelievable to me. Honestly, I was like, Oh my God, no wonder women in the past go invisible and they go quiet and they go, because I felt horrible they're suffering I, <laughs> suffering totally and yeah. so I did a public service announcement because I was like you know like let's not let you know I, I I if I would have known what I know now back then I'm like get I've told all my friends that are in their 40s and younger get your panels checked now mm-hmm. so you know what your baseline is mm-hmm. like yeah, we, yeah. Mm-hmm. we are our hormones yeah And I also do believe that there's definitely a spiritual threshold that crosses over. Like I just turn, I mean, I'm 51 Mm -hmm. and I can tell you the difference between like 48 and 51 or night and day, you know, I can feel the crone energy coming. I can feel, you know, the sage whispers, you know, like it's been such a part of my life of spirituality. I like that's, what I love to do. I love spending time in the quantum field and connecting with spirit and like working with the invisibles. That's been my area of like specialty and mastery for a long time now, you know? Um, but at the same time, I don't believe that women lose their fire. I believe that's part of their conditioning.
0: Yes. Yeah. And then those things start to happen and you start to lose a little bit of that spark. And then you're just, people are like, well, you're getting older, you know?
1: (laughs) No, no. No. I refuse to, I refuse to let that one like become my reality.
0: Yeah. And there are so many ways that we can support our hormones and um, it's all connected. Like our spirituality and our physicality, like that's what we're here to do is to have a physical human experience. Like, with our spirit so yeah it is it that's i love that you said that and um i think that's an interesting topic that could be it's a whole own episode but yeah, right yeah <laughs> it really could be yeah it really could be um you teach that the holy wild woman knows she is the sacred muse of her life could you tell us more about this like being the muse of your own life and what that looks like
1: yes So let's picture a woman that is completely disconnected. She is not in touch with her body. She's not in touch with her feelings. She's not in her power. I have another kitten that is right here on my desk again. Say hi to this one. (laughs) (laughs) They're so cute. (laughs) So um, they're so cute. little. I've only had it for like four days. Um, but you know, she's not connected to her emotions. She's not connected to her body. She mm-hmm. is telling herself all kinds of stories that aren't true. Okay? So there's that disconnected version. When a woman starts to link back into her body, first and foremost to her body, mm-hmm. because then she's in ownership of her body. Like that's the first thing that happens for women is that we get stripped from the ownership of our body, but starts when we're about seven. You know, I can talk all about that, but we start losing our relationship to this, which is the Oracle when we're like seven years old, you know, through conditioning through being told to calm her emotions down, to settle down, to not be so much, to not be so big, or you're too much, your emotions are too much, you know, like the conditioning thing that all of a sudden it's like shrink down, shrink down. So that gets internalized that she's not okay.
0: Yeah. And that this
1: body isn't safe, right? That because- It's so
0: interesting that you said seven because I'm doing um, internal family systems work with my therapist right now. And that that is exactly the age mm-hmm. that it was, at least for me. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I've worked with so many women where it's like, that's what they go back to. They're like, I remember when, usually in the family of origin- something happened. And that's when they made a decision Mm -hmm. unconsciously that this is how I'm going to survive this family unit, right. Is by altering this part of myself contorting and twisting so that I can be a part of this. Yeah. Not be kicked out of the tribe.
0: Yeah. So the first step is just coming back into our body and becoming re-embodied and then like re-embodied And, um, and re-embodied
1: and with that piece, learning about just like the baseline level of sensuality and pleasure, just like, you know, like there's so many exercises and practices that we can do that can bring us home, you know, and once a woman starts to learn what that feels like to feel at home in her body, that's when she can start to find the next step would be to find her hot and holy yes mm-hmm. because when a woman is in her body and she's embodied and you ask her to do something that she doesn't want to do she's going to say no yes <laughs> right but if she doesn't have that skill set yet to connect with that part of herself She'll just do that reflex of, yes, sure, I'll do it. You know, I'll take it on. Sure, I can do everything because we do do everything. You know, like we're amazing like that.
0: It's so true. I read this book a long time ago by the writer of Grey's Anatomy, Shonda. I can't remember her last name, but it was called The Year of Yes. And it was about how she started saying yes to life. And I I love her writing and I love her. And I very much enjoyed the book. But I was like, the best book for me would be like The Year of No. <laughs> I already say yes to everything. And I think a lot of women can relate to that.
1: (laughs) And you know what? That right there is so, I mean, I'm always about like, know your no's, like, no, no. Like there's no, 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 you know, (laughs) like, right? Learn, But the thing about yes is once you have your discerning no on board, that hot and holy yes is the yes that's going to take you into higher energy states. Yes right it yes. should be a yes only if it's going to take us higher not if it's going to be a neutral type of experience right yeah so
0: and you can't say yes to everything and save your yeses for the things that are going to take you like there's only so much time that we have in a day so exactly. the no it can lead us to the yes to the right yes
1: exactly like just knowing what that body no feels like so that you can know what your yes feels like right yes. Oh my yeah. God. I really love teaching that piece of like really learning like, okay, hey, where do you feel in yeah. your body? Where's the dis ease in your body? Okay, that's a no. Yeah. <laughs> like you'll feel a yes. Like,
0: you know. like this probably is like a manifestation of saying, not saying no enough, not saying no to the things that we were supposed to say no to. Yeah. Yeah. Can I share something really quick? Yes, please. I would love to, for you too. There is an exercise
1: that I love to do with women. I've done it at retreats or workshops or whatever. And I have women practice saying no. And I've done it with partners too, and couples when i work with couples privately. And I'm just like, I just want you to ask for the most random thing. So like, Sarah, you can ask me just some random question. Just answer, ask me five questions. Like, like, will you make me lunch? <laughs>
0: will you make me lunch? No. <laughs> Would you run an errand for me? no. <laughs> Can I get a car for my 16th birthday?
1: <laughs> no. Right. So you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So you get, you get, you get ready to say no about anything, you know, it just kind no of matter like, what it is. Have your no ready practice. Cause your, your program is going to be to say yes. Yeah. We it's are just hysterical so- though. That is, I bet it is. I bet it. Just, in, it's in fun to practice. do it in like 15 different intonations too. Like you really want to practice like, no, or
0: no. You know? Oh my gosh. I love that. Um, you talk a lot about the importance of community for women. Yeah. And it seems to me like from what I read of your work, you're speaking about how it really serves women specifically to be in community. Could you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yes. Because women are wired emotionally. We are wired to have a shared experience. Like even our survival has always depended on that. Like, for example, like we were, when we were in tribal communities, like that sort of thing, or smaller village communities. I mean, when the men would go out to do the hunting and gathering and take care of that part of life's necessary things, the women would be by themselves. Yeah. So You know you've got like say someone coming in to the village where it's only the women it's going to be the group of women that would be able to take a predator down you know like they're getting attacked by an animal or you know or god forbid another human or something like that but like their survival was very dependent upon that yeah yeah and then also because women, because we're so wired emotionally and we're so wired through our intuition and we're so wired, you know, like, you know, when we're really tapped in, we're very much a conduit to spirit. You know, it's like, we're like these sacred, holy creatures Mm -hmm. and men have their own place in all of this, you know, it's just like they have their own place, but it's not their role other than to love and cherish us. We need other women to alchemize our experiences and to create our magic through our heart our heartaches, through our disappointments, through our despair. And that's a big part of the work I've done in ceremonies is that we will pick a topic and we hold ceremony around it and it would not be the same ceremony if it were with the woman's partner, if he's a male partner. It would not be the same ceremony if it were by herself even though I do a lot of ceremony by myself, just because of where I live and that sort of thing. Um, It's just the potency of a we. And the other thing is um, personal belief here, but because we have a field of a lot of shared trauma, where we have, you know, the invisibles, like we feel what's going on across the world.
0: Yeah, we do.
1: Right. We're so sensitive and, our highly sensitive natures are not honored and cherished in the culture but women together we honor and cherish that about each other yeah right we want you to share like my sharing is going to affect your sharing is going to affect your sharing and then it gives us validation that our feelings which are so minimized by the patriarchy and the culture are valid yeah right so we don't, because we have a patriarchal culture, we don't get any um, reflection in the culture that this holy part of ourselves is needed and necessary and valued. Like, but we're the healers, we're the medicine women, we're the intuits, we're you know, we're the we're the nurturers. Like we bring things to life through these processes. I mean. I can't even tell you what it's like to witness women in their grief, which is, I have done a lot of that mm-hmm. and to give a sacred container for grief. I have got my kitty came back to give a sacred container for grief for
0: women yeah. is life-changing. Yeah. Wow. Do you feel like there's a lot of healing that needs to be done around kind of our sisterhood wounds in order to be able to create those strong containers sure. of women?
1: Yeah, everybody has their sisterhood wounds. And that's something that really needs to be reckoned with because no sister can really does well without other sisters.
0: Yeah, that's true. And I think we have to face our fears of being in a community in order to heal the wounds that the, like the sisterhood wounds that were created possibly through community but they'll be healed through community as well. That's right, 100% agreed. Yeah. You have, it's almost just like,
1: it's like, you have to go towards the snake that bit you, you know,
0: (laughs) because it's the medicine, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's a great analogy. (sighs) So In one of your posts, I really, really like this post. You were talking about, you said the natural state of the universe is abundance and that means that you are included in that reality. It's only our thinking that gets in the way. And you were talking about the feminine practice of receiving and how it's a practice. How do you help your clients to increase their capacity to receive? Stop doing so much.
1: Wow. Stop doing so much. Stop saying yes. Stop um, doing things from, you know, I, I, you know, I believe that everybody has the, you know, a matrix within themselves of the feminine and masculine, but Mm -hmm. depending on your nature, it's like learning how to do things from this place where of ease and flow where you're like, okay, I'm creating something like, I mean, how does it feel in your body? When you say, when I, when you say I've got this thing to do versus I get to create this thing. So different. different, right? Yeah. So can you feel how, when you're in creation, you, when you use that language, because language is so powerful, like we're in a co-creation with the universe when I'm like, I'm creating something right now. I'm creating my future. I'm Mm -hmm. creating, I'm creating versus like, I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, every once in a while, I love to pull out like my super masculine, te- my super masculine energy and just bang on a project. Boom, 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 boom. You know, it's really real, right? Yeah, it, feels it feels good. Like yeah. And then I'm like, okay. <laughs> back to ease and flow. You know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah, yeah. it's so, nice to be able to dance between the two energies, but I do feel like our society has conditioned us to be like, if we're going to receive something, we need to first earn it. And that's like a very masculine, like you need to go out and do and work and Eye on the prize. And the feminine can just receive. Like the feminine, someone said once, the feminine receives and then births. And I thought that was really beautiful. But we already, like, we already are the gift. Like, we don't have to go out and do and go out and earn. And we can just be filled up. And then what comes from that overflow is amazing for everybody around us. But it is a challenge when you're saying, like, do less, say no. It's like, that is so true, but there's this piece that's like, but no, I, everything will fall apart. If I, you know, stop for one second, it really does feel that way. Sometimes, especially as women.
1: Totally. Excuse me. It totally feels that way because of how much hypervigilance is in our nervous systems about survival Yeah. because of the conditioning of, you know, where the patriarchy has conditioned us to be a certain way. So you know the work that i did for so many years was actually neurologically based to undo those trauma patterns like from the micro to the macro right yeah. but i i i really really want um i always want women to get excited to take on their own regulation work yeah you know? yeah because once, like, okay, just like I'm sure you've done this type of work, but you do like a simple embodiment practice where you get like, you know, you're in your body and whatever you might want to be doing, and you know, whatever the practice is. <laughs> Whoops, <laughs> I am the center of attention right now.
0: Um, <laughs> it's your energy. They all just want to be around you. God, <laughs> <It's your> energy.
1: <laughs> so cute. They're slay me right now. Oh my god. Um, but. When a woman gets in her body, um, wait, I'm sorry. What were we just talking about? I lost my train of thought.
0: About um, embodiment and what were we talking about? Helping women to heal their nervous system so that they can oh, receive. Yeah, yeah. Right, right.
1: And so like, you know,
0: like I can't
1: tell you like how many times I've heard women say, I've never felt this way in my life. Once they get back into their bodies, right? Then when we're actually there, I can ask the question, something along the lines of, can you feel your capacity to receive expanding? And they're like, yeah. Wow. Right. I mean, I'm sure you've had that experience where you're like, you're surrendered into, it's like this Fullness, it's this richness that you're like oh my god I actually am a sacred holy creature <laughs> you know like if I do my life in this way that I'm crafting this mm-hmm. this experience that I'm having like through my energetics versus my will yeah, it shows up so much so differently so, so different
0: mm-hmm. yeah I've done so much work around that in the area of relationships and it completely transformed my life yeah. And the partnership that I'm in now is, like, mind-blowing. And bec- I believe very much just because of this work with learning about feminine energy. And, like, my next frontier for me personally is, like, can I bring this into my work, like, you know? And ha- and how do I do that? And ha- Because to me, I do still have some very, like, hard-wired survival instincts when it comes to, like, making a living and, you know, going out there. And it's it feels very uh, safe for me to be in my masculine energy when it comes to my work.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So maybe it's just like, you know, you could start
1: just checking in with your body, like four or five times a day, set an alarm, you know, like, how am I feeling right now? Just checking in with that first question. How do I feel? I feel anxious and, and like overwhelmed. Okay. Like right there, stop, pause, do something different, you know, take a moment to do some breaths, dance break, you know, like, get but, back you know, in body. yeah, exactly. Like, so, because that's when we're back, when we're in our bodies, it's so much easier to be in flow. Mm-hmm. I, I get that too. I mean, cause like we're busy. I mean, we're entrepreneurs, we're moms, we're partners, we're friends, we're leaders, we're this, we're, you know, we're wearing all these hats. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, particularly if you're pivoting a lot all day long, it's just kind of like, okay, so where did I, where did I lose my the flow, you know, yes, exactly. it's a practice, right?
0: Totally a practice. Yeah. And I feel like the feminine is brings so many gifts into the world of business, like our collaborative nature and our softness and our intuition and all of these things are amazing for a business. But then when you look at like traditional, you know, business, I don't know the way that we're taught, it's like very, it's still very masculine. So it does feel like something that we're exploring and, you know, there's probably, we probably have a long way to go as women.
1: We do. And, you know, one of the greatest gifts that I feel like has come into my own life is like really being able to live in so much more of like my feminine flow. Like I'm like, might want to work between 6am and 8am. And then I'm like off doing other things for three hours. And then I do this for like this amount of hours. And then I'm doing family and then I'm doing this and then I'm, you know, It's like really allowing that, like, you know, like to do this because we do, I mean, our our energy goes like this, like it's a spiral. I mean, it's, it's not a direct line. And so I feel like this rigidity thing that happens, I, I can tell you that after doing all the work I did in my office for so many years, I was always looking at people's bodies. Like I could tell a lot about what was going on with the person's self by their neuromuscular patterns mm-hmm. and what i could see so often is that women that were really locked in to the masculine side of themselves their bodies didn't move yes yeah it's like really like shoulders locked hips locked and there was like no yes. yeah I mean it was so fun to be like yes. you know sometimes i would be like come on you know it's like we're gonna do this together <laughs> really quick you know <laughs> And like break up that reality a little bit, but you know, it's just kind of like when we're in ease, we just want to like, we want to lift our hearts up. We want to move our hips. We want to move our bodies. We want to walk down the street in, in our glory, you know, like, like that's when we know we're on and we're it.
0: Totally. And that's what magnetizes everything. (laughs)
1: It does. It does. It does. 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 When you're just joyful for the state of just for the practice of being joyful, not because something good happened. That's different. That's all circumstantial. Joy is a state of being regardless of what's happening, you know?
0: Yes, yes, yes. I love that so much. So you were talking a lot in, about prioritizing pleasure. Are there practical suggestions that you have for your clients when you help them with this? Or is it more personal just to them, what they find pleasurable? Um, You know, I think it's like, some of it is like,
1: okay, so, you know, we all have a lot of things to do. How can you bring more pleasure into your experiences? You know, like how can you, you know, for example, like I love to beautify things. I like my spaces to be very beautiful. I like lots of fresh flowers. I like, you know, lots of stones and things like this. You know, I like things that like make me feel good. I like beauty. I like art. Um, I like ritual, you know, I like, you know, I like things to be intentional. And I find that to be like, very much a way that my feminine gets expressed through like my day-to-day life. Like I would, I I love, like I have a ritual of like, like making my desk like really perfect on Sunday evenings. So that when I sit down on Monday, it's like, you know, there might be flowers, there might be rocks or my stones or a particular plant that I love. And I just really like that. Um, making things fun, turning music on when you're cleaning, you know, turning on a podcast when you've got to drive, making sure that you've got your books lined up that, you know, that are your interests, your hobbies, your personal growth, but just really being so intentional. And, you know, a lot of times people will think pleasure has to do with like sexual pleasure, which is a great thing. And it's its own thing, but when you're able to look at your life and go like, oh my God, I had so much pleasure today.
0: Yes
1: like these 20 things gave me pleasure, Mm -hmm. you know, that you're
0: living a pleasurable life. Yes. And then it makes the actual sex better. I think when you spent the whole day in your like juicy energy,
1: exactly. (laughs) It's like making things beautiful, making things, you know, it's almost like ceremonial. Like, you know, when we sit down, I, one of the things I did a lot for a long time is I would sit down to work and I'd always light a candle. this is almost like a prayer for me to be able to be working in this way you know
0: or even like the way that you make your coffee and drink your coffee in the morning you could do that so intentionally and in such a way that brings you pleasure or you could just be like chugging it as you walk out the door
1: right I can't do that (laughs) I have to like sit and you know go all the way in you know and do like you know something that's pleasurable right and it's like you know just a lot of times though, it's like, we have to bring a woman back into her pleasure and just like teach, like teach the, um, like the basics, like, okay. So if you don't know what your non-sexual pleasure is, let's just start a conversation. Yeah. Like that's a, such a fun, that's a fun conversation yeah. where you can like just ping pong back and forth all of your right. non-sexual pleasures. I love to hear children laughing. I love kittens. Like all,
0: you know, right. <laughs> yes. It's a pleasure. Yes. It's wonderful. Um, Yeah, and I think it's just like opening your mind to what's possible and giving yourself permission to prioritize that. I think that's a huge piece of it too. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. So one of your posts, you say, what do you get when you cross a magnetically turned on woman with an abundant quantum field?" Ah, (laughs) you get a woman so steeped in her divinity, knowing and trust, she becomes a walking manifestation of all she has dreamed up. That's so freaking beautiful. (laughs) I love that sentence. Um, so in your work with women, that, that sounds to me like the ultimate goal where you're just like a walking manifestation of all of your desires. Um, how do you help women get there?
1: Um, hold on just one second and I'm going to answer that question. Okay. Sorry about that. So, um, how do you become a walking manifestation? Mm-hmm. And when you're intersecting with the quantum field,
0: yeah.
1: first of all, it has to do with your energy state.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when a woman is in full approval of her energy state, it will, full approval of herself, it yeah. brings her into an energy state that says, I'm worthy i'm beautiful i am radiant i am abundant like there's that energetic where it's just kind of like i feel so alive in my being and it's you know what it feels like there's like no comparisons going on there's no not enoughness going on it's like full approval of every aspect of her being and the thing about the quantum field is that it is all intersecting between our emotional states So. If we have a lower emotional state, our our signal is like this. Our bandwidth is like this. If we're in management of our feelings, our emotions, and our thoughts are more around survival, then our field has shrunk to here. But when we're in our magnificence, when we're full of ourselves, when we're full of approval, when we're full of our belief, we're full of our trust, we're full of our courage, we're full of all of who we are, we're full of our yes. Our signal is like this big, yeah. this big. It's almost like the universe, the way I can describe it is like the great overall, what I call the weaver in the sky can like, it's like magnetizing. You're magnetizing for what you want to come to you because it's almost just like, I used to describe it like this. It's like the weaver's looking down and when they see you all lit up, we've got a good one. We've got a one that's ready. (laughs) And that's how it
0: works. (laughs) That's how it works, you know? Oh my gosh. I love that so much. So it's, our work really is just to like stay in that energetic state as much as we can to stay in that expansive. And it's not always good feelings, right? It's not always like rainbows and butterflies. It's just big. It's like fully owning whatever it is, even if you're having a bad day or you're having a trigger come up.
1: Totally. I mean, the shadow work is the shadow work. It's meant just to take us back to the light. That's it.
0: Yep. yeah. I love that so much. Um, I'm gonna ask you one more question and then I'll ask you like how we can find you and plug into your work. But you said in one of your posts that that women need to just throw out, I'm sorry, from their vocabulary. It's true. (laughs) When we got on this call and I was like, I'm so sorry that the email didn't go through. I was like, crap. (laughs) Oh no, 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 I get it. No, but it's
1: the, it's the over apologizing.
0: Yeah. Tell us more about like, how can we live unapologetically? I feel like I'm sorry. is like the reflex response.
1: Well, a great one. We had this one at one of my retreats. We had someone that was, she just wasn't, she was someone that apologized all the time. And so we had this game that she really said, I'm sorry like 20 times a day. So everyone was like energetically tasering her or her all day. We're like, no, you can't say I'm sorry. We're like, you're not sorry. And so, you know, so then it just became this great, great gift. And even to this day, she doesn't say I'm sorry anymore, but it's just really taking it out of your vocabulary, you know, and just being like, you know, rather than, oh, I'm so sorry. It's like, oh, wow. You know, it's like, please forgive me for being late or, (laughs) feels totally different, right? It feels so different. Um, or, you know, actually that doesn't work for me, but I'll tell you what will (sighs) rather than, I'm sorry, that doesn't work for me, but, Oh, that actually doesn't work for me, but I'll tell you what will, or let me, let me think about that. I'm sorry. I can't do that. Or I'm sorry. You know, like we start to do this just We don't give ourselves the permission to make a pause or to create space between the thing that we're getting
0: ready to apologize about. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's so powerful. That's a huge shift. It is. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it just feels completely different. Like the way the phrases that you're giving it as a replacement, it feels so different. Mm -hmm. And it's not unkind. No, it's like, that's the thing. That's
1: part of the conditioning thing. When a woman really starts to respect herself, she gives like zero bucks (laughs) about, I mean, there's more and more of that energetic, which I mean, as you cross over into 50 and 60, like my friends that are all like older than me, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just like, you care less and less and less because of the distortion that it causes within, you know, our systems to say yes when we want to say no and all of those things, you know. Okay. But um you know, really that piece around just taking I'm sorry out of your vocabulary is huge. Just like stop saying it even in your business emails if you've made a mistake.
0: Yeah. Just
1: see if you can find some different words and just get it out because you know, I was I was witnessing this woman the other day, and she literally apologized to me no less than a dozen times in about a two-hour span. Mm-hmm. There was just an "I'm sorry" and "I'm sorry" and "I'm sorry." It was like a group thing, and I was just like, "Oh my God!" I just wanted to pull her aside and say. You guys stop saying, I'm sorry. You have nothing to be sorry for. It wasn't my place to do that. I'm not her coach. And that's definitely not for me to, you know, give her a directional, but that's what I was thinking because I know inside she's doing this inside. She's
0: like feels like yeah. that like contraction. And- Please
1: love me. Please like me. Please make, you know, like, don't kick me out of the tribe. You know, it's like, it's that, it's that contortion that women do to make sure that they are getting external approval, even though their internal approval isn't online.
0: And I feel like the, like what I've learned over and over again in my life is when I do overgive and when I am sorry, and when I am trying to make the other person happy, eventually it breaks the relationship because I become, at some point I will become resentful. It might be in years or it might be sooner, but it doesn't really help anybody. Yeah it doesn't a woman
1: not in her power not in her radiance not in her glory not in her magnificence does it serves no one and that's why it's like the more work that we do on ourselves to reclaim our power reclaim our sexuality reclaim our radiance and reclaim our trust that we are these sacred holy oracles and really learn to trust in that trust in the truth oh my god it's exquisite to feel so embodied in our, our power, right? When we're there, it's like the best feeling. And you know what? We can have that like probably about 80% of the time. My belief is that it can be way higher than not. It's not 50% of the time, like 80, 90% of the time. And then you have 10% to work out your shadows and your stuff, you know?
0: <laughs> I think that you're right. I think it's just the awareness. And like you said, like getting back into your body and fully owning who you are and what it is that you actually want.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Again and again and again, you know, just being willing to like rebirth, like, you know what? That, that was my trajectory and you know what? I'm so turned on over here and this is what I'm doing. And like yeah. being really unafraid to rip the band-aids off. I mean, that's been the, I have done some very, what most people, some people would consider like, wow, that was really bold. That was really irresponsible. That was all these things. Whatever. I mean, I could tell like 10 stories about how I was just like, I just went for it. And every single time it's been that, like, it's, it's so liberated. It's just like, oh my God, get that skin off of me that does not belong on my body, you know?
0: Oh my gosh, that's amazing. This yeah. is such an inspiring conversation. Um, could you tell us how we can find you and plug into your work?
1: Yeah, I mean, my website is probably the best way drlizdobbins.com, D R L I Z d-o-b-b-i-n-s there is no like dot or spell out the word doctor so it's just d-r-l-i-z dobbins.com um instagram is good i mean facebook is good and you know like social medias oh on on instagram i'm the dot holy dot wild
0: okay perfect Mm -hmm. thank you so much for this liz i have very much enjoyed this conversation i can't wait for everyone to hear it i feel so inspired to just go out and live my life (laughs)
1: Be bold. That's right. Be bold and authentic. Live your holy wild. I mean, the the field, this is like what I'd love to leave leave you with, is that the field needs you to be fully expressed. When we are not in our fullness, we are extracting from the field. We are like withdrawing from the field. And when we're in our fullness, we are outpouring, outpouring energy into the field. And that actually is what we're designed to do.
0: Oh my gosh. That's beautiful. I love it. Thank you so much for this. You're so welcome. It's been so fun to be with you. Have a great rest of your
1: day, okay? Have fun with your kitties. Okay, thank you, dear. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye.